How do I say to what we used to have? And the good times What, you don't like my voice? I, I, I'm not I, yeah. I don't like the singing I think that's the, that's the best way I could send out 2018 18 is by singing Why? I don't know, I just figured that I should try to work on my non-vocals Step into a field that I know nothing about For the love of God, don't yeah, I, I should. No, don't. How do I? You hear that? You don't hear it? It's Dude, deep. you you're don't hear the my... bass? Just understand, we have headsets on. I'm just saying. Like... And you're literally diving your nasty voice into my earlobes. Wait, it's not nasty. Don't call it nasty. It's, it's a very pleasant voice. Kind of hobbitish. Kind of like an elf. Or, you know, How do I? Already gonna, ladies and gentlemen. With that being said, welcome back to a very special. <laughs> welcome back to a very special G's Freaky <laughs> podcast. Uh, this is episode four. Give uh, or take, yeah. And we are four-ish. Four-ish. Um, it's been a long year for 2018, and we are wrapping it up with a minor recap on what we've been up to with uh things that we've been geeking out on all year um things that we want to try out next year such as dating apps and and <laughs> wrestling and getting our vocals together you know i didn't do my top five just know that you still need to do your top five and put we'll it do on that today. IG. we'll do that okay. today but let's let's go over Good. the stuff and let's talk over to the, let's dive into this so ladies and gentlemen um sketch fed studios has been a very weird and up and down ventured during this first year of being in business as an LLC. Um, we left uh, our partners over at House of Hoot, which is still um, a well-supported um, site that we we do tune into their stuff. Um, both Dan and uh, Happy J, um, Paranormal Activities, that's over there. Um, feel free to check them out anytime. Um, that is a network that, you know, even though we're no longer a part of them, uh, haven't been a part of them since uh, June, I think. Uh, give or take, yeah. Um, you know, we still enjoy their stuff. Um, King of Things that they do on their Twitch channel. Um, I, I mean, they still they still do good work. Yeah. And um, if you guys just definitely check it out, House of Hoot, you always got to check out their stuff. It's pretty. We 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 don't never left on a on a sour note. We don't leave on sour notes. I think I leave on sour notes. Really? Yeah, I think I am. Yeah, but you're just bitter. No, I think I think <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> I see what you did there. Touche, sir. Uh, no, I think I I tend to make decisions that are very um, they they have their principles and their parts, mm-hmm. but at the time they might seem a little hasty or irrational. But they have they definitely have their merits and their their reasonings for happening. And then uh. During the year, you know, we also um, worked a little bit with another former creator, Jay, from the Nerdy Life show. Um, I think he has another promising show that I definitely want people to stay tuned, see what he's going to do, see what he's going to put out there. That's another thing that we ventured with, and it just, it wasn't for us, per se. You know, we learned a lot from him. He taught us a lot positive and we just hope you i know. mean as as a former host of the nerdy life show mm-hmm. um i appreciate and loved being on that show mm-hmm. and i loved the, the the cast that's there jay nova lily they were actually really cool people and some people that i would consider like to be really good friends um the show itself was really awesome it was great exploring different facets of geekdom including the gundam world which mm-hmm. i never was really like a strong part of that i was never a part never a strong part of in the beginning and okay. also apparently rc car racing that was really cool i like that i mean the nerdy life show i expect and hope big things uh jay nova i expect big things to come for what his next ventures are i wish him all the best and you know we just have to keep moving forward here keeping moving forward means that we have to just put out more content for us mm-hmm. put out more stuff that we can literally say this is what we're about mm-hmm. and i'm happy to talk about some of this stuff like including g is for geek which we're talking on right yes because uh so g for geek went on hiatus for a while Woo-hoo! uh we were gone for about six months seven 
Uh, we were gone for a minute. For a minute. And uh, we kind of came back during the anniversary, during our one-year anniversary. And we didn't even realize it. Yeah. We really didn't even realize it until after we recorded. We're like, holy smokes. This is about one year since our first episode. Yeah, better microphones, better mixer. Uh, we just have a better understanding of the programs that we're using. Um, of course, I'm constantly working on uh, more equipment in the background to which Jesse's you know, our partner. We don't have that in the budget. It's not in the budget. You gotta save money. Um like listen, you can't you you cannot spend on greatness. Yeah. Okay? Greatness must be bought at regular price. With of that, course she disagrees. Yes. Which she doesn't understand that. Uh twenty nineteen will be the year uh the starting year of the Geektopian movie. Oh Lord have mercy. Uh, well Sean Sean started uh his YouTube sh- show, which is gonna be on the SketchFed. Yes, it's um, um and it's it's greatly called. I say greatly because it's something that the name itself is something that I coined um from when we first started G for G and that was the Geektopians. And to name the show, the show that I'm starting, the Geektopians, actually means a lot. And I cannot wait. We're still working on editing because this is the first time we're doing uh this YouTube going on YouTube doing videos and what we're planning, so it's gonna take a little extra time, but I guarantee you once we're done pulling out these first two episodes, everything is just going to flow more smoothly. And we're starting in 2019 the script for the the Geektopian movie to <sighs> which we haven't even really gotten out there yet as G's for Geek or as the guys from SFS or the guys who do video and audio production. But yes, we decided to work on our own parody movie that pays homage to all geek movies I, I, and I creators. Will say, I will say that I wasn't on board with this at first until until after a while we were having a conversation and something happened during one of our travels and I was just like, yo, that would look great for the potential movie that you were hilariously planning and then we were like, oh, smokes. It could be possible. Yes, so, so we just have tons of uh, bits. We're not comedians. Uh, I think that I have a very dry humor. Sean has a very uh, ecstatic humor. I have a childish humor. Yeah, childish humor. <laughs> I have a Deadpool humor. Uh, so we're working on, we've just been like taking a lot of bits that we've been creating and just sitting down and saying, okay, we're going to create stories using these bits. Um, kind of like Jesse. The one that we keep putting out there is uh, Jesse being followed around with cameras. Or oh, we're being followed around with cameras while we're talking to Jesse, but Jesse doesn't know that we're filming. Um, and there's two cameramen on hand. There's one cameraman filming Jesse and the other cameraman is filming the entire scene with all of us. Oh my God. Or and then we'll do the, then we do the Spider-Man scene where the cameraman's pointing at the other cameraman. Yeah. And we're constantly trying to get, uh, Jesse into character without realizing, without her realizing she's in character. So we keep telling her about how we're buying expensive equipment. Just so she can scream at us. Okay, for the record, the reason why he's been having these crazy ideas about this movie, and the only reason why I've been going along with it, is because of the fact that we both love fan films. Mm-hmm. We love having original IPs, if you will. Original ideas, and they take it out on different venues, including YouTube now, because that's been the go-to place to put fan films. Mm-hmm. Just recently, actually, during this year, as we do our 2018 piece, they did a Nathan Nathan Drake um, Uncharted fan film. Really? I didn't see that. Yeah, you, have, Yo, to you have to see the Uncharted fan film because it stars Nathan Fillion. I love the Mario Brothers fan film you had me. Oh, yeah. Super Mario Warfare. That was yeah. like four or five years ago. I watched that and that was awesome. Uh, a couple other fan films that I saw. Um, Rocket Jump did a video game high school. I can't even talk about them. I'm so inspired by them uh, and um, other YouTube channels that I'm kind of like, I'd rather not talk about them as being a part of my inspiration. I'd rather produce content knowing that they are a part of my inspiration. But Does it's, it's okay to acknowledge what what was great about it. Like Video Game High School, to me, was such a great innovation. Like You had this YouTube platform, and they created high special effects, high budget um, work for this story. And they went and they spanned it three seasons. I mean, that and then Anime Detective. Anim- oh my gosh. Anime Detective, where they make fun of, yet still acknowledge and appreciate all the tropes that anime and otakus go through. Well, Anime Detective had me at episode... Th- so I ended up watching episode three before I even knew like this was an actual show. Okay. And it was the Gundam episode. You know uh-huh. I'm a Gundam fan. I was like, oh my god, this is hilarious. So I ended up binge-watching. Actually, shout out to... um. 
Gundam NYC. Okay. Because Gundam NYC had put up on his IG page um, an episode of Anime Detective. And I think I was home. I wasn't feeling good. I was kind of a bit of it, you know, out of the mood. And then okay. I was YouTubing the show. And I was like, oh, my God. This is funny. And then so I was like, oh, this is why Rocket Jump. This is the same guys who gave us um, the, the new game, game high, high school. school. And I thought the, the series itself, and I'm hoping for a third season. I'm hoping they do have a third season. Um, but to me, the series was great. I love how the second season, they made fun of the American tropes that they go through with the whole soap operas and everything like that. Oh, that was like funny, that. too. Well, th- I think what was funny about season three is that whole, um, when he's being interviewed to move to, uh, what's the name of that new city? Um, That's what I'm talking about. He's being he's being interviewed to move to this new city, and he gets axed. The interview goes well, and then uh, his partner's mom turns to him, and she goes, how do you feel about the Dragon Ball movie? <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the American, the American live action. And she's trying to get him to like break. Uh-huh. And I thought that was so funny because even I felt myself cringe <laughs> at the idea of how that movie. That's like that's like if somebody came up to me and was like, yo, what do you think about uh, Airbender? Oh, yeah. You see, like, yeah. what do you think about Airbender? Yeah. You're just like, oh. Like, that, that, was, that was crushing. But, that was cr- so let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're talking about this. And those are like original, original products. Mm-hmm. But how do you feel about actual fan films? You know, I am a fan of fan films. I am a fan of uh, fans getting behind and supporting anybody through Patreon or GoFundMe. Wink, wink. Um, when it comes to fan films, I think that the only thing that kind of bothers me is when fandom becomes a little too much. Mm-hmm. Where there's now this expectation that the fan film needs to cross into the actual genre. I feel like there's a lot of stuff like that. For example, I think the perfect example in this nowadays would be the Nightwing series. Oh. Um, the Nightwing series that I saw from, I think it's Issa Hawk. I believe so, yeah. I think it's Issa Hawk. That was a really good series. It though. was really good, but it was so good that people wanted that Nightwing, that mm-hmm. version of Nightwing. And. Hollywood's not going to hear that. I'm sorry. It's true. Hollywood's not going to hear that. Name a fan film besides Pixels, which was horrible. It depends. And the reason I say it depends is because, and I I have to be very specific when I say this. Mm -hmm. I feel like if somebody made a really good Marvel fan film, that Marvel would invest in that idea and concept. They would take that and say, okay, we see that this works. Um, how can we make this a part of our household community? Because we kind of seen that in the past. Mm. I feel like with DC, DC, and you know what's funny about this? Because I watched that video of Stanley, like before he passed away, like he, like it's like clips of Stanley just making jokes on DC. Yeah. So, and it's funny because I, I don't know, but I, I can't confirm, but I think he worked at DC at one point. I'm not sure. I feel like with DC, DC with their library on stuff, so all over the place a lot of the creativity seems like it's really background um studio versus you know writers and directors really having charge that i mean look at the cinematic universe compared to the tv universe i feel like the tv universe does so much better than the cinematic universe um i feel like if there was a fan film out there that really resonated with the audience it really showed the homework that the creator went into to make that fan film a part of the DC universe, DC would look at it and, and they would just overlook it. They uh, would yeah. be like, they would be like, it's not our product. It didn't come from mm-hmm. our camp. So why should we invest you know, in this? It's funny because in way, way back before the internet was even a thing, people still did fan films as well. But, One of the biggest fan films that I remember was a film called Grayson. I don't right? remember that. Oh, you were telling me about that. I was telling you about this, and I forgot to show you, but I'm going to show you probably after this After this is done. It was literally just a trailer. Mm-hmm. But that trailer was a, for a fake film, if you will. Okay. And the fake film was called Grayson. And it's when Batman dies, and now Grayson has to take over as the new, as the new hero in Gotham. Okay. Right? And then, of course, they show you all the rogues gallery, everything like that. The trailer was so good 
that you know people actually thought it was real for some for a small point and that they were going to make this an actual film. But I think that comes with the creativity of being a good with understanding not just cinema and how to shoot. I think it comes from good storytelling and good homework. Taking time to really understand your character, your character's background, and presenting that. And I think that's what makes a, a really good fan fiction. Not just creating an idea of a concept that you want, but creating a, a believable universe. So, that... so how about this? Mm-hmm. There's a, and this is something that I wanted to delve into, where people turn one-offs into actual series. Okay. Right? Night, Night, Nightwing was one of them because he had a one-off where it was him versus Red Hood. Mm-hmm. Right, and that itself was really good. Another one that I could there's two others that I remember exactly because I'm a big fan of fighting games. Okay, and that was Street Fighter, where they had the that one off where it was Ryu and Ken, that fan film, where it was just those two fighting off, facing off, and then that turned into um, Street Fighter. Uh, I forgot the name of it, but it was a Street Fighter story featuring those guys. But in the prequel to what Street Fighter is. What, like, is that Street Fighter? You mean the animated series? The no, I'm Street talking Fighter about the live v? action. There is a live oh. action. I think it was on Machinima. I'm not, I don't quote me on it, but I think it was Machinima. That um, became a prequel because they were still in the dojo. Mm-hmm. Ken and Ryu, they were still in the dojo training to be warriors. Okay. Right? And that, I, you have to see the trailer and then you have to see the one-off and then you have to see the show. To me, I think that's very interesting because nowadays, trailers just used to be the fan film. Uh, for example, Dragon Ball Z. They just made the trailer for the, the, the Trunks episode. Okay. And then they turned it into a whole one-off episode. One-off thing. Well, I had like that fan film about Trunks, about future Trunks, the yes. one with him and um, young Gohan. Yes. Is it with the young? No, no, no. It's no. Trunks, Trunks being Gohan. trained with gold. Old Gohan. Right. I thought that was. Really... It was a live action adaptation of the storyline. Um, the FX in that, I would love to see if somebody had taken it to the next level and did it, um, with a with a bigger team of people. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure how big that production team was, but I feel like that was really good stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like it made me say, "Oh my god!" Um, unlike the Dragon Ball movie we got. Yeah, let's not go uh, there. Uh, um, like. That, what I saw with that fan fiction, it was just really good. Just, like, seeing, like, some of those Naruto, like, when Naruto was becoming bigger. Yeah. Um, like, before, like, Boruto, um, mm-hmm. before, like, the end series, I think, two years ago, where there started being a lot of pop-up um, videos of people doing, like, their own fan concept fight scenes. Yeah. Or, think- or alternate concepts. Like, for example... The other example I want to talk about with fighting games, and I think you did see this one, Mortal Kombat Rebirth. I did see that. With Michael J. White as, um, as uh, crap, what's his name? Fists. Uh, uh, not Baraka. No, Baraka was a totally different character. Jax? Jax, there you go. Okay. Right? And they turned that into Mortal Kombat Legacy, which oh, was a really? whole series with yeah, two seasons right, to it. you're right. That wasn't really bad either. I feel like It wasn't bad series... because, and I think... I think what I'm trying to—that's what I'm trying to say—is like, or at least what I'm getting at is, fan films now that they're becoming series, doesn't have the same Hollywood restrictions or the same boundaries that big Hollywood projects would get. Well, let me ask you this: What do you think is like the no-no line? Don't cross at the gray line. Don't cross. And I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, back when I used to put artwork on DeviantArt, there was somebody, uh, an artist out there. Who did a series of teenage uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles where Donatello gets killed? Okay. Uh, I think Donatello gets killed, and Mikey loses a right arm. Okay. Like so, there's people who like that sense of fan fiction, and there's people who's against it. But so, did you you know he really died in the comics? So yeah, so I guess it's a spinoff of that. Okay. Where um you know, it's kind of weird when that happens. Um, and I think that's why I'm I'm a fan of fiction that kind of doesn't disrupt the storyline so much that you lose a character. Where I feel like, because, once again, we're living in a world where there's only four of these particular characters. Okay. We only know four of these particular characters. So, there's no, be, there's okay, no, right. there's no, like, if Donnie dies or Leo dies, there's no new turtle who's going to come in. 
And I mean, there could be if you want to really if you want to follow the really awful, you know, other stories that are. Out well, there. no, and but that's what I'm saying. Like, like you can like like that makeshift. Um, what's that? That Fox Five. If you lived in New York City, uh, Ninja Turtle show that came on. Where the they next had the, mutation. Yes. Yeah, they had the girl Ninja right. Turtle. I thought it was a good concept. It was poor execution. Poor execution. So I mean, Ninja Turtles three was great concept. Poor execution too. Oh yeah. Um. But it's more like that, where like we only have four. If you take one away, and then you are they still the same turtles that we love and know? Like, are you taking away a piece of the formula? Because all four of them bring a different personality that we're used to. So now, without us having that, is it the same product? Yes and no. I say yes because there are times where you could kill off a character build off the other three characters so they can get a broader stroke, mm-hmm. right? And then have them lead to the charge while they're still remembering the fourth one. Okay. It's the same concept they did for... Um, it's the same concept they did for um, Fantastic Four. Okay. Where they killed off the Human Torch, but his legacy was still there, and they built off of that, making the future foundation with Spider-Man and a bunch of others, but remembering his legacy. Because the only reason why Spider-Man joined was because Johnny Storm was one of his best friends. Well, we I, I feel like that's different because even with the Fantastic Four, if you're thinking about old school 80s and 90s Fantastic Four, um, they've always switched out. Because there was times where a Thing wasn't there and it was She-Hulk. Um, yeah, but even, then, where, like, but even then, it was oh, you always knew the core Fantastic Four. You always know Thing, Invisible mm-hmm. Woman, Reed Richards, Human Torch, mm-hmm. right? But now, at this point, there was no Human Torch. And yes, he did come back to life as everything else does in Marvel. The reset. The, um, Marvel, the Marvel infamous reset that they do. Yeah, but for a long time, they had the point where Johnny Storm himself, a key factor in the Fantastic Four, died saving them. But 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 see that's what I mean like so in this particular Ninja Turtle story I guess Donnie was the one who died saving them right you have that emptiness and so where you're you're happy that one of the brothers stepped up and a part of, there's a part of you that's like oh that was cool there's another part of you that's like yeah but if it has that same feeling that you get when you approach the end of a, a good series or an anime. And then you're like, what next? That's what it's like when you when when you have a fan film that changes the rules. So I think the good question is, what are the rules to making a fan fiction? Like, what are the board? What are the guidelines? What are the like? How far? You always want to make it yours, but at the okay, same so time, you don't want to not. I got you. So there are three rules, and this is something that I learned actually. While looking at the Disney live-action movies, Geetopians, get your pen and paper. All right, there are three. There are three ways you want to take it. Do mm-hmm. you want to do a direct adaptation? Okay. Do you want to do an alternate story? Okay. Or do you want to do both? Do you think with those three rules that it needs to be stated at the beginning of the movie, like I not think, yes, not stated yes, in like does. letters, but stated that? Well, like for example, I think it was the Lion King, not the Lion King. Shit, that's about to come out next year. Um, the Jungle Book. Okay. That John Favreau did. The, the, the last one. Yes. That's by uh, Warner Brothers. Yes. But that by Warner Brothers, it was actually Disney. Well, no. The Disney one... I, I actually saw the, the, the Warner Brothers one this weekend. The one that's on Netflix? Which is all CG. The one on Netflix. Uh, is it? Well, the, the, Disney, the Disney one has like where... Um, well, Bill King Murray, King Louie is the big giant... Yeah. So that's yeah. the Disney one. That's the but Disney the Warner one. Brothers now, that one, one takes place after the original movie. Okay. Right? So that has its own adaptation. Okay. Okay. But then you have the Warner Brothers one. Beauty and one. the Beast. Now I'm just going with Disney. Okay. I know the Warner Brothers one. That's a whole. Well, I mean, story. it fits the same narrative right. where you have the adaptation by Disney, Which, and then you have. You also have to remember those are adaptations of a book. But then you have the Warner Brothers one as well. Uh-huh. Which is another adaptation of that same story. Like there's some similarities, but there's also different. But there's this well, big difference. But the way I, the reason why I'm saying that is because you have Beauty and the Beast, which is their second live action one, which is a direct adaptation of their 
of their movie, their animated movie. Okay. Right? With just like one extra song. But, and those two pieces were successful, if not, you know, critically mixed for the Beauty and the Beast one. Everyone loved the Jungle one. Um, I say that to say you have to do those kind of differentiations when it comes to fan films. Now, with fan films, it comes with a lot more criticism because you are literally taking your time to go out there and say, this is what I think the character is. This is what I think the character should be. For example, there was an adaptation of Power Rangers. Oh, the dark version? Yes, Power Rangers bootleg. Oh, I love that so much. It was so dark and cringy. When the Black Ranger was going going crazy. It was everything that a real Power Ranger movie should be. It had no Zords in it, but it was just dark. And wait, but didn't they also, because it's also, it was the actual Power Rangers actors who were in that, wasn't it? I don't think so. I have to look at it. I have to look at it. Well, I think sure. Tommy. Tommy was. In Tommy everything. was in it because he's Tommy's in David. David. Um, he's in like everything, but I feel like that universe also spun off into, into the dark universe. Into the dark have. universe that they're doing with the game. Yeah. With the with the mobile the app game, game yeah. as well as it also spun off into that. There's a possibility that it's in a Mortal Kombat universe. It also spun off into. I'm not but sure if you saw that is- fan film where it's like. Uh, Street Fighter versus Well, that's Power actually Rangers. not a fan film. This is what I'm saying. What I'm, that Power Rangers that we saw with Adi Shankar, mm-hmm. that's a fan film. Right? Um, there was another one that he did. I have to look it up. Um, but for the other stuff that he did, that was actually sponsored by a corporation. And that was the corporation that was making these games. What is his full name? Is David Frank? Uh, Jason David Frank. Yeah. I wonder if he choreographs uh, fight scenes. And not just stars in them. Well, he does. I mean, he, does, right? he was a former MMA fighter. Oh, was he? I didn't know that. I can see that after Power Rangers. I can so see that. I'm so glad we don't have old episodes of G4G here. <laughs> I can so see that. Did, wait, did we say stuff about him on G4G? Yes, we did. We said that we told, we had a whole segment on him. I don't remember that. I don't remember those days, sir. I'm kind of lost. But yes, I think as far as parodies, like... um. I think the three rules that you pointed out are great rules. But then, what if you're that fan? And I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Woo! Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, real, that's, that's the devil advocate. Yeah. Sean, um, so what you're telling me is, as a fan who wants to make a fan film of my own, I need to be held down by rules and guidelines. Well, there's always rules and guidelines to anything that you do, period. Anarchy! You cannot have an anarchy aspect, okay? Because there are some fan films that do believe in whatever, and it doesn't come out great. Okay. The great ones are the ones that we always remember because they have guidelines. And the guidelines are, okay, what is the original source material? Mm -hmm. Should we keep the source material? Or should we make something different out of the source material? All right. So I have a question. This is real random, mm-hmm. right? But it's, it's staying in, in the universe of fan films. If you could see a fan film made with these with one of these four characters, who would you want to see? Another Robin, a Red Hood, a Jason Todd, or not Jason Todd, um, Tim Drake, or Damien? Red Hood. As a fan film. As a fan film. Would it be post death? Post. Or I want him after as, Earth. I want him as Red Hood and I would like I would like him to form the outsiders. Really? I think that him doing his vigilante stuff. And the only reason why I'm thinking of that is because of the stuff that I saw in Arkham Knight. Okay. Right, because they had a DLC with Red Hood, Red Hood in it. and I lo- I would love to see the, the expansion of that, where it's Rob, where Batman is missing or dead, and you know everybody has their own brand of justice. Azrael's having his own brand of justice. Nightwing's trying to keep the city together. Batgirl's still Oracle doing her thing, right? And then Red Hood is the central part of the story, where he's like, you know what? I'm doing the one thing that Batman couldn't do, and I'm doing it. For the sole purpose of making this city better. I would love to see a story behind that. I would love to see a Tim Drake. Why? Um, I feel like Tim... Tim wasn't 
as brutal and aggressive as Jason Todd. Um, I feel like Tim was more of a detective, second to that of Dick Grayson. Like, Dick Grayson, who literally grew up in the mantle or in the shadows of Batman, understands that level of being a detective. I think Tim is just more technical. Well, Tim learned the technical side of really being a detective. Uh, when it comes to like computers and electronics, and I think that's why I've always liked Tim a little bit better. Even though all three of them dealt with being orphans, except for Damien. Well, yeah, yeah. Damien, Damien just has to deal with the fact that he died. Yeah, like Damien's grandfather died, but not really. So, yeah, you see what I mean there? Like uh, Jason Todd' parents died. Uh, uh, Dick Grayson. We we don't even have to go down that road. Nope. Uh, Tim. Uh, I feel like Tim's parents were alive, or like one of his parents was alive. I think one of his parents were a criminal. I think his father was. I think so. I'm not sure. Something like that. But I'll, I'll give you the Tim Drake one. Isn't that crazy that the requirements to join the Bat Family is technically to be an orphan? Technically, because Batgirl was nowhere near that. No, she's the daughter of um police. The police. Yeah, and then Batwoman is like the daughter of a cop too, right? Yeah. Yeah, or like a ex U.S. soldier or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. But they had their own story behind that. So what else are we talking about for 2018, sir? I mean, well, let's let's man, there was a lot that happened this year, isn't there? So we had movies come out this year. Oh, we had some Marvel, of the best movies Marvel out there. had a great year in the cinema. Um, let's shout out DC's one movie that probably, <laughs> Aquaman that won't get acknowledgement into 2019. It won't, but Aquaman was actually a really good film. It was really fun. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't. It came really out fun. too late in the year. It's really fun. Did, actually, you could have saw it before Christmas. Did did see Sp- Into the Spider Verse? You saw Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. Did you like it? I loved it. Okay. Best animation I've seen. Best story I've seen all year. But I will Post say, credit scene was hilarious. And, and even though, even though mm-hmm. it came out during the same time as Aquaman, and it came out too late in the year, I was too far invested in Marvel to uh, not go see it. Other movies that came out this year that were record breaking, as well as changed the way that cinema and superheroes related to all of us. Black Panther. Oh yeah, that uh, was a cultural man. That was a cultural phenomenon. Wakanda forever. Well, you know what's so funny about Wakanda? Wakanda is a fake place, mm-hmm. but people really did bring... Well, I feel like in heart, people brought this place in Africa that did not exist to life. And I think... And and I, I don't remember when they said it, because this was like months ago, mm-hmm. right? When the first movie first came out. The cultural relevance had nothing to do with the actual Africa's Afrocentrism. It's just for the simple fact that it was unapologetically black. Yeah. It, it dealt with the fact that Yes, it's a it's a black film that white people produced, but it didn't highlight any of the negative stereotypes around black. It's people. like you're reading my mind and you're saying everything that I want to say right now. Go ahead, speak. Keep no, going. no, no, no. You're you're good. You just you just worded everything I wanted to say. Right, and that's what made Black Panther so special because uh, it did not show any of the negative stereotypes that normally come with it. Like you didn't see any of them was a gangster. No. You didn't see any of them like ah uh, the beginning, but no. Uh, but then you, when you hear the story about it, why? Yeah, that happened. He wasn't a gangster. He was. Well, he was actually all, he forming. Was abandoned. He was yeah. He was trying to. Ooh, the 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 father of uh the son. I was talking about the father. Oh, not, okay. not not um not. But he T'Challa's... wasn't being a gangster. No, no. Like, in he, and of itself. You can he perceive it being, like that. He was actually being a revolutionary. Yeah, but you don't you don't know of it like that until you find out why he mm-hmm. died. That there was a betrayal there. And ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen the movie by now, I don't know what to say to you. There is no there is no spoilers. It's it's on this, Netflix. People. Yeah. Uh, we also had Infinity War. Oh my God. No, Mr. Stark. Mr. Stark. I don't want. I don't want to go, Mr. Stark. Mr. Stark. All right, that's enough. That will. That was too soon. Too soon. Too soon. First of all, what's too soon is um, I'm going to start off on a light, and it's going to go a little dark. Also, this year we lost the great Stan Lee. We did. We did. With that being said, whoever the dick asshole is out there who came up with a Thanos meme to do that dust vaporation with Stan Lee, too soon, and you're a jerk. All right, too soon, and you're a jerk. Didn't want to call that out, but when I saw that meme, 
I was like, really? Come on. And then I saw one with Disney doing the snap, with the mouse doing the snap, and Stan Lee fading. And I was like, that's some fucked up shit. Like, yeah, people people have dark sense of humor, right? And that's so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like condone what they're doing. Because I also but saw, at the same time, I also saw the the Mortal Kombat one with uh, Betty White surpassing other people. Thought that was fucked up too. That but was, it is kind of true though. That was fucked up. Betty White surpassing them all. Stan Lee and Hugh Hefner. Yeah, that's fucked up. You know, Betty White in her her early years was oh my gosh, she was banging, she was attractive. I mean, she's, she's still attractive, attractive now. She's attractive actually. now, you know, so we're hearing all, you know. Like, she's got it okay. going. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we also had, so we had Infinity War, which, uh, even though they're coming out with a part two that has a totally different name. Oh, uh, um, Endgame? Endgame. Uh, it left us speechless with Mr. Stark. It would it, it, it would have made us more speechless if they didn't already announce the fact that they're doing sequels for Doctor Strange, Black Panther, and Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Well, Spider-Man is uh, Far From Home. Yes. They, uh, haven't unti- they have Untitled for Black Panther 2 and um, Doctor Strange 2. I feel now. like Doctor Strange 2 is just going to be Doctor Strange 2. Now, here's the thing. I don't know if they did the reshoots, but we know that's, that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 are in, is in hiatus right now. Oh, the whole James Gunn um, departure. Well, he was fired. Well, he was um, fired, but, you know, past it is tweets. what it is. Um, To which I will say this, and this isn't justifying anything that James Gunn has done in the past. Something that I heard, and I do agree with this, Disney knew of these things. They vet all of the people that come on board, and they were fully aware of his past. So this whole well, PC movement. He deleted of, those tweets. But still, they knew of them. Yeah, Disney. They're the reason the, why the, he mouse, the mouse does his homework, all right. And I'm I'm not going to talk crap about the mouse, but I will say the mouse does their homework, and the mouse knew who they got. So that whole this whole vetting people, this whole PC movement where we have to separate people, I feel like at some point in time, studios are going to have to defend people. Um, I get why studios are trying to separate them to make their namesakes, but these are the same studios that are a part of big business and big corporation when it comes to newspapers, um, that are also advocating news that have little, little zero, close to 0% factuality than it does facts. I'm not saying, and this is not me saying fake news. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is. When you have big business and big corporations that are defining what is news mm-hmm. and how news is, mm-hmm. then it, it kind of makes it hard for you to be the same company that's regulating mm-hmm. how people see other people. That's all I'm saying. That got real political. I know we tried not to be a political show. Yeah, we tried not to. I mean, <sighs> I yeah, sad. we. but I get it. And that's one of the big things that happened this year because for me, I'm not going to get political. I'm not going to agree or disagree with what you're saying. Um, but I will I, say I this. agree and I disagree with what I'm saying. I will say this: there was a lot of support for him for bringing him back, mm-hmm. including Batista. his own castmates. Oh yeah. Um, however, there were people that were supporting what Marvel did as well mm-hmm. that were in the MCU. And I, th- I think you have to look at it on both sides. You know, does this hurt our franchise? Does this person pass action hurt our franchise? Or does it help out? I think franchise? it hurts the future of the franchise because, from what the rumors are, what they were planning was a cosmic level second part, mm-hmm. and Guardians of the Galaxy three was supposed to be that pinnacle point where they were going to continue into the cosmic universe. Uh, but I also feel like, and I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to stay on this very short because I don't mm-hmm. want somebody hitting me up and like, oh, you're this, you're that. It, it's kind of like what Kevin Hart said recently, right? I made comments in the past. How do you criminalize me on the past and not hold me accountable for how I grow in the future? Um, the same way our society dictates people who are in prison. If you create a system where you want people to go through punishment, but you don't give them the ability to be rehabilitated or to own up to the fact that age is what it is. It's a level of us growing and maturing and our thoughts um, based on that of society, based on the culture around us, based on the people who are either in and out of our lives, then what do you base growth on? And I'll, I'll leave it at that. I okay. think Geektopians, let me know what you think. Um, I mean, when there's it comes- a lot of it was a lot of stuff that he said as well. 
So Geektopians. Oh no no yeah. Uh, the Geektopians, tell us what you think. Do you think James Gunn should be reinstated? And does that mean that other celebrities that have made those kind of same mistakes should they be reinstated as well? And the only thing I will ask of you, Geektopians, is, you know, I don't want to silence anybody' comments. I want you guys to comment, but I really want for us to be different than most people and really think about and do our research and our homework. Well, and we're geeks, yeah. So we always have yeah. That. I know we as geeks, we do our homework, but yeah, we make sure you know, we like, do it right. You know, um. What else Geek came out this year? Right. Uh, we had Deadpool 2. Deadpool 2 was pretty good. It was not as good as the first. I give it that. But it had its own piece. And I love the fact that they had us. Uh, um, right now, they're having Once Upon a Deadpool, which is the PG-13 version of of the uh, movie. I feel like no matter if it's PG-13, it's still a great movie, no matter what. Yeah, but they, it's funny because they edit out a lot of stuff, obviously, for um, cutting purposes. But they also add the Fred Savage uh, 20 minutes plus mm-hmm. where they're re they're reimagining the princess bride. <laughs> I got to laugh at that. Yep. Uh, we also had the solo movie. <sighs> wait, wait, you were disappointed. <laughs> Me and about everybody else. Wow. This is the first time it's a switch role where like you're disappointed, but I'm like, I'm kind of excited. Did you see the movie? Uh, I've watched it like three times, sir. I've been watching movies three times. Now that's like my thing. Like I watched it the first time just to have it on. I watched it the second time. Okay, solo, solo in and of itself was okay. I feel like the action, not the action, but the movie direction could have been better. The pace. Yeah, um, it felt it was going slow, and then all of a sudden, shoo! But I think all right. So I'm I'm guilty of saying this with Marvel movies because mm-hmm. uh, and I'll use this as a comparison, even though we're gonna talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like Venom, uh, Venom, very slow start. And then it kind of raced off to his Venom, right? And normally I have a problem with that where the it's always the reverse where I'm like, oh my God, it just sped up too quick. So take Ghost Rider. When Ghost Rider came out, the first one, I liked Ghost Rider, the first movie. Okay. I just thought that whole him into Johnny Blaze happened way too quick. Okay. Way too quick, right? Was another movie that was like that. Uh, Deadpool. Not Deadpool, Daredevil was kind of like that too where like, the beginning, it kind of just sped off way too quick. And then okay. he's Daredevil. So with Venom, for once, I kind of wanted a little bit more fast. As a huge fan of Venom, I really enjoyed it. I did too. I did not expect to enjoy it because I was really upset over the fact that they took liberties with a lot of the source material. Oh. They took a lot of liberties with the source material. Yeah, so with that being said, I, I don't like this anti-hero uh, universe that they're trying to create. I like it because I feel like we don't have enough of it. Uh, Punisher, Ghost Rider, both were trash. Uh, they're working on a morph a Morpheus movie, a Morbius movie, Morbius, which is is set in the anti-hero universe. Uh, they're, they're sec- yeah, but I don't like the fact that Just they like put Super Venom. Sable versus Black Cat. I don't like the fact that they put Venom in that universe. Like, I do because let's stop. Let's take see. This is what happens when people try to take a modern age rewrite of a character and put him on screen instead of realizing the we appreciated Venom, the Eddie Brock that he was. Now, I would like to see this Eddie Brock become like a dick over time, dude. Venom was hilarious. Oh, no, he was. I think Venom was well done. I think the CG was well done. I think um, that the, the, the character that they created for Venom. Right? Especially for the, can we eat him? Are we going to eat him? Let me eat him. Well, that's why I want them to bring um, Tom Hardy, Tom Holland. If Tom Holland comes in, it'll probably be at the end of the second film. Because they're going to do the Carnage versus Venom. Oh, so you saw... No, I'm going to spoil this. I don't care, Geektopians. Um, uh, Because I am a huge fan of this actor. Um, My man, Woody Harrison. Woody Harrison. I need to see him play Carnage. I need he's channeling, he's to channeling. see him play. Yo, he is Carnage. channeling his natural born killer old oh school. Oh my god! I... Um, role. He's come so far from Woody from playing Woody on Cheers. No, he no. has, and I'm very proud of that. So like, far, he, that's how you know how versatile of an actor he is. I, I need to see him play Carnage. I need to see what that's gonna look like. What that's gonna feel like. The only thing is with Carnage, I don't want them to do what they did with um, Spider-Man 3 with Venom. 
mm-hmm. in the reverse. With Spider-Man 3, they made Venom, which that's a trash movie anyway, but Venom was super, like, small. Mm-hmm. I really want Carnage to be... No, no, no. See, but here's the problem. Mm-hmm. And this is where the, the comics come in. Carnage was never really big. Venom well, that's was what I'm saying. Big. Like, I, I don't but want Carnage, Carnage to be tall, like lengthy and like stretchy. Mm-hmm. I don't want Carnage to be like bulky like Venom. I want Carnage to be like, like not slim but naturally like. I wanted to see more of the other symbiotes, like because yeah. they had the color for Toxin and they had the color for the other one. I forgot his name, but they had those colors for the symbiotes. It's just I'm very upset that they killed them off technically off screen. Yeah, they did. You know, and only left like one, which was Venom. So what else? We're just going down our list here. We Maybe are. T- All right, so that's that's it with the cinematic universe. Let's go to Netflix. Oh my yeah, god, the we'll, Marvel, we'll the do Marvel the- Netflix series. <laughs> Rest in peace. Uh, they all came back for like an additional season, and then all got canceled. And all that's left right now is Jessica Jones and Punisher. Really? Oh, because they're seasons. They're well, no. doing season three of each right now. Oh, so once well, season Punisher's three is done, getting season two. Punisher's getting season two. Punisher's getting season two. They already wrapped, so that should be Jessica Jones next month, getting hopefully. season three. Daredevil. Season Daredevil already had their season three, and they done. got canceled. Yep. Luke Cage got season two and canceled. Iron Fist got season two and canceled. I will be honest and say that I saw all of it, and I admit there was a lot of better for Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. I still think that it was trash in general. <laughs> um, what do you prefer, the DC uh, television universe or the Marvel Netflix I universe? Did, okay, most of the Marvel TV universe I respected. Okay, like I I love Agents of Shield. I love what they did this season. Mm-hmm. Right? The fact that they went to space and then they, they continued that storyline onward. Then they created their version of Graviton, okay. which is a huge Marvel villain. Right? And I love the combination of that and who they use for it. I also like... I kind of like the Cloak and Dagger. Cloak and Dagger had a very... Um, it was very obviously teenagery because of what channel they're on and things like that. So there was a lot of teenage drama behind it, but it was still set in the MCU. Do you think the problem with um, the MCU as far as the television shows is that Marvel one got too spread out and they didn't follow, and two that they didn't follow the formula that DC followed? That by creating these shows, like if they would have had um, um, Agents of Shield on Netflix, they would have had Cloak and Dagger on Netflix. If they would have had uh, Marvel's Runaway not on Hulu but on Netflix, that there would have been this room. For them to create this bigger no. universe and then... No, I think that um, the issue here is not spacing. Okay. Right? Because it's good to have it on different locations. Because, for example, Gifted. Gifted, to me, was a great show. I, I, I still think it's a, a rewatch. Uh, the second season right now is amazing. And I can't wait for it to come back when the new year starts. Um, Legion. A very Legion. mind-blowing show. show as well. Right? The fact that they can spread it apart through different networks, it gives more exposure. But I mean more in the sense of, so the Netflix MCU really did tie into the MCU. It kind of did, but it didn't. And this is the problem in general overall. They wanted this to be in the same MCU universe, but the movies aren't coinciding with what the TV is doing. That's the issue. I don't think anybody would have really picked up on that. I think the only way we would have picked up on that is when would you, Agent, when, Agents. Do you really Agent, think you're gonna see Charlie Cox's Daredevil? No, no, no. In what I mean, movie. what I mean is, Agents is like we. I think we would have been happy with the MCU Netflix universe, just like with the Hulu universe, just with like with those. If there was more, just like in the beginning of um Daredevil, where they're like, oh, what happened in New York City? Like, there's always this reference to. The Avengers. And mm-hmm. I feel like that set the stage. I think what breaks it all apart is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think what, one part of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that breaks it apart is the Agent Coulson um, storyline, which we all know that Agent Coulson, based on Marvel, he's dead in the MCU, so he really doesn't exist. I feel like that show as a whole separates us from what's happening in the MCU instead of being a show that really ties us back to because you start talking and and Agents but the problem Shield, is is that when the Agents of Shield mm-hmm. tried to do a tie-in, mm-hmm. it was very poor at best because the issue here, and this is the problem with TV versus movies, mm-hmm. 
you can't get too spoilery with the movies. But that that's something that fell back that falls back on um, Marvel and their production as well as Disney. Because once again, it starts off with Agent Coulson where they're saying, "Hey, um, he's dead in the MCU," and because he's dead in the MCU, we are now we no longer consider him a factor. So by not considering him a factor, but he's a main factor of Agents of Shield. You kind of created this big show that allowed for like Agents of Shield is the equivalent of a belt to a good outfit. Okay. Right, the belt pieces together. So if let's say the top up is the MCU as far as cinema, and the bottom down is all your TV shows, then Agents of Shield is the perfect introduction into the MCU, and that's t- that's separating Legion. And the gifted, because that deals more with Marvel's mutant universe, which the MCU really hasn't gotten into because of Fox yeah. licensing with Fox. But outside of licensing with Fox, if you just look at, like you said, Cloak and Dagger, if you look at um, Runaways, if you look at Jessica Jones, I feel like those are all series that, if done and executed properly, would allow for fans to be like, "Oh, I really do see the connectivity." And it's being one universe. I mean, okay. And maybe that's, maybe, even though Marvel and Disney might have did that on purpose, I feel like that was dropping the ball for fans that are really want to see not a, a television takeover of superhero no, shows. What fans wanted to see was an actual cohesive universe. They wanted to see somebody like Daredevil in the Avengers movie. They wanted to see somebody like Luke Cage alongside Spider-Man or alongside Iron Fist. To create the defenders, they wanted the actual defenders. Screw that! They get it in fan fictions, all right? They get that shit in fan fictions. That's let's, not fan. Let's, let's but just, they shouldn't do we it. Need, we need but to be happy thing. with what we You're got. You're in one universe. It's all the same universe. Why just don't just do it? I don't know. I feel just like do it. I feel like that's because uh, the Hollywood norm is you can't turn a television actor into a to a Hollywood actor, which that's a false narrative. Because look at George Clooney. Right. And, and it's been done. The other time thing and time with again. that is, it doesn't hurt the product mm-hmm. to literally put a five-minute segment where there's an invasion, mm-hmm. and you literally have these heroes fighting in their respect. Like, say New York's being invaded by the Outriders again, okay, from Thanos. To see all the defenders literally right there in New York City fighting them off, or even if you did newspaper captions with just shots of like capped or if you saw like the back of iron man's armor like in the sky like him flying like, i think there's little ways of but doing i'm not things. okay so, but that's still the tv universe i'm talking about combining the movies to tv i think that the, because right i think now, the reason why it couldn't be done and it shouldn't be done is because jessica jones in those shows they left us in a good period where we're looking at adventure what happens between avengers and avengers 2 and I, that's why I really enjoyed those series because I felt like in between those two movies, that's where those storylines fit. And then I feel like as you have progressed through the Avengers series, then you can start bridging out a little bit more. Um, Tom, Tom, ah, Holland. Tom Holland might not want to step down as far as being a movie actor and do a cameo on a TV show, but I feel like that's kind of what actors should kind of think about. And that's the issue that I'm having. I understand you cost money to Mm -hmm. be on the show or to be on whatever. Okay? But in the contracts, if you're going to create this big, cohesive MCU universe, as opposed to the divisive and divisionary DC universe that each and every TV show has, right? Um, You need to put in their contract, well, we we would like you to do a cameo on certain MCU TV shows just so we can make sure that we keep cohesiveness going. I agree. And I, I say that because I feel like by doing that, it allows for that consistency of continuation where, you know, oh, we want to roll out a next big budget film. We don't have to really worry about the connectivity, the connection between the MCU and the MC like TV, TV universe, TV, right. TV universe, or the MCS, and okay. I'll say MCS for streaming. You know, I'm I'm coining that phrase here on on G for G, the MCS versus the MCU. Okay. Um, and I feel like that's where they kind of lost the ball in that. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, well, let's go into DC. 
Uh, mm-hmm. DC has had a very interesting year for 2018. Obviously, all their TV shows have been doing pretty well. True. Um, Arrow did a great season, especially uh, going into the new season. The crossover they did this year was actually really awesome. It's called. It was called Elseworlds, mm-hmm. and it in and oh my god! Spoiler alert! It's going to introduce the Infinite on the Crisis on Infinite Earth storyline next year. I'm I'm really hoping that DC does what Marvel didn't do when it comes to their TV series. And that bridge, do one big storyline that collapses at least Earth One mm-hmm. and a few other Earths. I think that's become... what's gonna happen. I think they're gonna start collapsing universes, creating combinations, mm-hmm. right? And the only problem that we're gonna have is is the budgetary reasons. Remember, this is a CW show. Okay. So because it's a CW show, there's a lot of budgetary restrictions. Uh, you already introduced Supergirl, Superman into the Supergirl well, remember, universe. remember, Supergirl originally was on CBS. They had a bigger And budget. then they realized they can get better ratings coming over to um, the CW. Well, yeah, you're right. And, and and that's one of the reasons why they pushed, because CBS was not getting any ratings for Supergirl, which was sad because it was it's actually a really good show. First of all, I want to talk about Star Trek Discovery on another show because I want to know what the ratings on that is like as a streaming service. Agreed. Uh, if it, and you know they have a strong season two now with Pike being on there. Wait, Captain Pike? Yeah, he's he's the captain for the Discovery. I didn't know that. Yep. He's now there for the second season because they're investigating. You know, we're, not only we're going to talk about on, on the next episode, we're talking about streaming services. Yeah, we're going to, well, we have to do a 2019 look over. Okay. Because remember, that's coming in 2019. Oh, well, we have to. I the mean, 2019 is a lot of expectations. Needs to talk about streaming services. Um, okay, I think that's wrapping up. Well, one more thing I want to talk about before okay. we wrap up. Video games. This, this was, was a big really year. good year for video games. Uh, the Spider-Man game. Um, oh my Dead. god, Smash Brothers uh, has been the best game that I played. Yes, yeah, Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. I thought they hit it out the park. Um, the only the only game that I know was a big epic fail for this year was um, Fallout. I heard Fallout was a big fail, but in positive, um, God of War. Yes, God was, of War was a amazing. big was a big hitter. Um, Red Dead. Two was a big. It's still a big hitter at that. Yeah. Um, Spider Man was a big hitter. Um, I'm 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 kind of hoping they do more DLC, but I doubt it. Uh, Blizzard's uh Battle for Azeroth is uh still a, it's still in the, it's still in there. You know, not a big hitter, but uh, uh-huh. we'll see what uh patch eight point two brings us. Yeah, in 2019. Um, uh, it's a big year for Overwatch. Big year for Twitch streamers, Ninja. Um, uh, Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah. Even oh, though I don't play it. First of all, I mean, we we have to really talk about Fortnite too, and all of these articles about parents dealing with kids who have addictions to playing games like Fortnite and um, what's that other one? It's like Counter, not like Counter Strike. Um, uh, it came out before Fortnite. Also, a shoot 'em up game. PUBG. Yeah. Yeah. PUBG. Yeah. PUBG. PUBG. Like, came, I feel like they came out around the same time. Oh uh, no, PUBG came out first, and then Fortnite came out a little bit after. Oh, really? Um, it's just uh, Pub Night has. It seems like Pub like Fortnite is has more attention because it's it's more. It's just out there a lot more than what uh PUBG is. Okay, I see. I see. But we really do need to talk about that in 2019 because I feel like we're gonna see a whole lot of that. We're gonna have to get real strong with that because it's a strong political issue. Not just, yeah, it's even political now because they're considering video game addiction to be a mm-hmm. mental mental addiction. Um, we're also going to talk about uh in 2019 something that Sean does disagrees with, but I purely agree with um that esports is a sport. Uh, I think over the I past say, couple of years, we've been seeing that esports have becoming more and more of the norm. I will say esports have become more popular as far as being. It should a, be in the Olympics. It should not be in the Olympics. E- esports is a part of our evolutionary growth e-sports in technology. Esports does not involve functionality of all five of our. Esports is years away from holodecks. And once we have holodecks. We're going to look back How and be like, relate to it all correlates. I would understand sir. VR. Well, if you think about VR, the push, I, I'm foreseeing that the push for VR mm-hmm. will come from games like Fortnite, will come from games like PUBG, will come from MMOs, 
uh, will come from the inspiration of movies like Ready Player One, where we're saying, hey, we're ready for it. We need to advance. We need to figure out how to compensate for motion sickness. We need to figure out how to compensate for motion in general. And soon we'll have holodecks. I don't believe we'll have holodecks. We'll have holodecks. And then with holodecks, you won't have to date. You're still going to have to date. You won't have what to are you going to do? Procreate with a, with, with a... You won't have to go to hotel room, Sean. You won't have to... You won't have to uh, 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 hit on old lady, Sean. Yeah, but I still want to hit on old ladies. You have hollow stuff that they're hot. Um, uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. I oh. actually thought it was a great game. Uh, what's the the big one, though, um, that released this year? Um, with all the anime series in one. Oh, that's next year. Jump Force. Oh, is that Jump Jump Force is next year? Jump Force. Is I was next so year. excited. I thought that came out this year. Nope, next year. You know what I would have been excited for if it came out this year, but I know it's not going to come out for like another fifteen years. What? Kingdom Hearts three. That is next year, January. Oh, and what you said? Uh, uh, uh January of twenty thirty two. January twenty nine, twenty nineteen. It's coming out. It's official. Is it's it? already been pre ordered. We'll see. Because Square Enix is going to do like they've been doing for the past few years. They're going to push it back to the point that Disney's going to have more up-to-date characters from that year in those games, all right? We're going to see Disney characters from, like, 20, like 29 in the next um, would-be series of Kingdom Hearts. You know what? If Kingdom Hearts comes out next year, I will buy it for you. Really? I'll pay for it. If it actually comes out in 2019 you hear me now geektopians if this game actually comes out in 2019 i will buy it for sean luke you do realize that 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 they already like established it. they're gonna push it back i don't think so they're gonna push it back i don't think so i think they pushed it back far enough they have all eight worlds already established mm-hmm. right we've seen all eight worlds okay and i think i think we right... saw enough of it a few years ago too they're gonna push it back no they're not okay all right, be prepared to get your refund from GameStop. <sighs> anyway, guys, what did you think about 2018? Was it a good year? Was it an okay year? Was it a bad year? What were your best moments? What were your worst moments? Mm-hmm. Let us know. Hit us in the comments. You know, or even just check us out. You know, just if you want to do a video response, by all means, send yeah. it to us. We'll be we'll be watching. We'll be listening. And Geektopians. And that's all I got. I don't have anything. We're just going to talk about other things like how Sabrina and... Uh, oh, i close out on this note. I was once a Toys R Us kid. I, uh, I worked at Toys R Us in New York City for three years, I believe. Three or four years. Yes. It was some of the best and worst time of my employment life. But I learned so much from retail. I learned so much from dealing with inventory. I learned so much from dealing with people it was sad this year to see toys r us finally close its last doors uh i know that they're supposed to be coming back with supposedly jeffrey's toy box i don't feel like it's going to be the same it's going to be the big structure that it was i can go into different conversations on my own personal takes on why i think they failed as a brand i mean there is there is legal documents stating between, how they messed up between but. them and their partnership with amazon between the fact that they weren't really expanding out into the internet market um at the very start of the internet brand um, them over buying merchandise with the hopes that that merchandise would sell. Them buying merchandise where pennies on a dollar is not yeah. sellable. Them trying, like, there's just so many things that I feel that as a brand, who, that company wasn't relating to its initial ideas of being a brand that caters to mom, dad, and the kids. I feel like they approached mom and dad way too late. Mm-hmm. More towards the like electronic years, and it's sad to see like something that I consider at least to be a hallmark American business and industry just fail like that. Like it's just really sad. We lost KB. I mean, KB's coming back. Not KB. FAO. FA- oh yeah. FAO was always a smaller chain. It was also more expensive. Yeah. Uh, FAO is the Barney's New York of toys, or the Bergdorf of toys, where uh, you saw toy franchises or brands such as Toys R Us, Kids World, KB Toy Stores. I think Kids World was like the first to to go, and then KB was the next to go, and then Toys R Us. And it's just really sad that uh, we did lose Toys R Us. 
It was bad. It was bad. But I mean, for me, I've always I've always enjoyed Toys R Us. I always thought it was getting a bit pricier as the years went by. Um, Toys R Us Forty Second Street was always a go to spot to chill. Mm. Right. I've always loved going there, seeing the giant dinosaur. Well, I had this whole conversation uh, yesterday, actually, as a, as a last note, uh, where I was looking on Facebook, and there was an ad. Somebody posted, like, old toys ads, mm-hmm. and they had, like, He-Man toys for, like, three ninety nine, and Bionic 6 toys for, like, four ninety nine. And I remember, I told my mom, I was like, your mom, toys back then were so cheap and inexpensive. And then I said to her... Wait a minute. I get it. The equivalent of a fourteen ninety nine action figure now being three ninety nine back then. Well, yeah, three ninety nine was a lot of freaking money back then. You know, five dollars for a toy in the eighties was a lot. And so I have a better appreciation now of money and understanding of how in fluctuation works when it comes to small merchandising versus big merchandising. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is the business aspect of the show. That's where it oh, is. Lord. If you want to put your this is stock, this G is for business. If you want to put your stock, oh, oh my God, is that a new segment? G. So you have you have you have the R is for romance, and then you have the G is for business. Yes. We're gonna go down this the road. The B yeah. is for business. If you want to put your money in, in oh my stock, God, we have RGB. RG. Okay, now, all right, ladies and gentlemen. With that being said, <laughs> I'm Charlie Radio Williams, and this is a very jovial Sean Luke. And we are out of here. Happy New Year, all. Happy New Year, all.